0: Happy Wednesday peeps, great to have you here. I'm Mickey, you are listening to Wikipedia And today on the podcast, I am delighted to bring to you the conversation that I had with Lou Heller, personal stylist, fashion writer and blogger and all around style guru. Lou and I have such a good conversation about the power of clothes and their ability to transform someone. We're both in the business of transformation and Lou shares with us her own personal transformation over her adult years, and particularly in the last couple of years, and also how she helps people find their true selves through their wardrobe, and it is a fascinating conversation. As we were recording this, Lou was putting the final touches on the style journal, which you can find over on her website, LouhellaStylist.com and it will be linked in the show notes, which is a step by step guide to uncover the essence of what makes you you, teaching you to enhance your attributes so your best style becomes undeniable. So she walks you through what you need to look for with regards to using your clothes to gain confidence and get a real true sense of self through your wardrobe. Lou and I also talk about this because of course the cost of a one-on-one with her is potentially beyond the limit for a number of people. So this is a really great way that Lou has made her services available. And if you follow Lou on social media, particularly Instagram anyway, she is filled with tips and tricks and gives away so much free information is useful regardless of background, budget or anything like that so I absolutely recommend that you give Lou a follow. Before we move on to the interview though I'd just like to remind you of the recipe portal access $12 a month less than a cup of coffee a week if you feel that you would love to support the podcast and were unsure of how to do that that would be one way that you could do that and in addition you get access to pick my brain on anything nutrition related able to design your own meal plan within our meal planning portal you have access to over 600 recipes and that is regularly updated you get weekly emails from me and also member only facebook lives so that would be an amazing thing to do but you know what honestly subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a five star review would also just be phenomenal as well with all that said Please enjoy my conversation that I had with Lou Heller.
1: I am very good. Thank you. Good. and
0: Thank you so much for taking time out of what I know is a busy period for you sort of getting people all kind of sorted for their spring summer lifestyle outfit. But I've got to say, I'm quite chuffed to jump on and we're both wearing the same top. I know we're twinning. I know twinning. <laughs> and the day that I twin with Lou Heller, and to be fair, this will be the only time it probably happens. Um, <laughs> it's definitely one worth remembering. Um, Lou, I wanted to get on and chat to you today. And some people who listen to my podcast frequently might think that this is a little bit of a pivot in terms of the conversations that you and I can have um, in our respective fields. Mm. But I feel like there is just so much synergy with
1: what we do, you know? Massively. So. Yeah. And we've mm. spoken. Even, more- I, even I had a split second where I looked at your list of the, who you've had prior to me and I kind of went, what? But then I kind of went, no, actually, how we how we work and how we are aligned is very much in terms of um, the core parts of each individual person that, um, and getting to bring out the best in them.
0: That's exactly right. And we both work in the business of transformation and be it mm-hmm. physical, obviously, and how we appear, how we look, how we project ourselves. But more so, it is at that core, right? It's that sort of like how we see ourselves and how we can, I suppose, grow and develop, and clothes are such an important part of that.
1: Hugely so, and I don't think people ever um, really understand or respect that part of it. And I know that for years, this was something that you know I even hid myself for a really long time because I kind of went off another tangents and did other things because I didn't, or was told that this was just something that you do as a hobby. And people won't take you seriously. And um, I probably saw it as a selfish thing that because I liked making myself feel good with how I felt, but I always had my friends helping, asking me all the time. Um, and but I never, I guess, I never believed in myself enough to understand that the power that of um, that transformation feeling that I was feeling um, within my wardrobe, even from a little girl, um, how I could help the bigger scale and the greater good and um, and that's now helping me now delve into seeing the mirrors of what people are seeing when they're being reflected back into the wardrobe where they are in their current mode and then I'm showing them kind of like right well you know let's delve into this um, and it's not with everyone because everyone does sometimes just need just the clothing yeah. but I do I am finding more and more people want to understand the inner self and in the inner self is always what's been reflected out. And so because I'm that way inclined, I am someone who's pretty um, deep. And um, when I say spiritual, that can freak people out, but, uh, but it is what it is. And it's something that I even cut off myself for years um, until probably in the last sort of couple of years where I've gone through a big personal transformation myself. So you know, this is something that I've been through myself and I can help people with my own stories by helping them connect within themselves. And if, that's, if I'm that person, who they can just hold to someone just to um, understand parts of them, then, then I'm going to definitely put my hand up and try and help as many as I can. Awesome,
0: Lou. Can, you, can we actually start with your story? Because I feel, you know, mm-hmm. I really want to understand what you've just talked about, the ignoring of being told to ignore it for a number of years, but how did you actually then find yourself to where you
1: are now? Mm god let me take a breath <laughs> it's a big one <laughs> um so uh, i think what i did for a really long time was just sort of i guess fit into everybody else's boxes you know yeah. i was a kid who um just grew up very normal you know farming family um went off to boarding school but i just definitely had these parts of me that felt very unhurt mm. i was um at times I guess unheard around my direction around I was extremely creative Um, but I you know I wasn't a kid that um, or or teenager particularly or probably some of my my damaging years I guess is probably the word that I Or traumatic not damaging Um, everyone's got their own kind of stories but mine was around my um, parents I guess their separation that kind of thing and I lost I guess um, big parts of me and I was constantly searching outwardly from that point onwards to try and fix me all the time and whether that was people and you know but at the same time the flip side of that is every time I felt myself or within I was like oh I'm actually all right I'm doing okay and you know I'm enough and but then every time I'd then lose that momentum I was again I found myself kind of looking outwardly all the time for that fix and you know I met my husband I moved to Christchurch I had some some a couple of creepy things happened when I was a, a late teenager and I moved to Christchurch to sort of like get away from it, I guess, Mm. and I then um, met my husband when I was very young, I was 20, and I, you know, he, um, I was not a looker when I was a teenager, Mm. you know, no boys ever kind of really looked at me, so I think I just sort of like, just was, you know, that's it then, I'm not, you know, no one's going to ever look at me again, Mm. and my self-worth was really low, Um, but even when I was little, I'm gonna go flip back a little bit, because this is how my brain works, yeah. but I use clothing all the time as the thing where I would just transform myself, and I felt so at myself and at peace and made me happy and I uh, always even as a teenager, I was helping excuse me, helping my friends get dressed and I could just see the shift in this and this was like you couldn't even compare the two and was
0: it obvious to the adults around you as well like as a young girl that when you dressed yeah. up and stuff that you were just so much more vibrant and vivacious compared to normal? was that how it was or not as mm. much as
1: um, I, I don't know actually my my dad would probably say yeah you definitely love uh, spending my money growing up um, spending <laughs> <your jobs." laughs> um but you know you're a kid what else you to exactly. do right um And um, yeah, and then I think you know I kind of um, I I actually my background is in forestry because I um, I never sort of thought I'd be uh, I really wanted to be an architect, but I just um, was told I was too not very bright, and Mm. um, and so all those kinds of little stories they kind of you take them on and they become you, and um, but I just knew I had this creative bent. So anyway. I went down the of forestry because my um, my mum's family is very much into horticulture. and um, So I moved to Christchurch and I uh, studied interior design for a bit and then I went and worked for a florist. And then I just noticed that still all the time I just had this feeling where I wanted to be in the industry somehow. I didn't know how, what, what that kind of meant. Um, and then uh, we had our children. So I've got George, 17, Margo's 13 and Will's 11. And so I just was at home really, and I had the forest business at home. But then I decided to kind of delve into this um, industry of the, the fashion. And I um, years ago, I, I had a friend of mine owned a shop, and she said, "Can I work for a bit?" So I worked for free just to get the experience because I could see. I it was just I don't know how this would transpire because yeah. someone always said, "Kind of work on the shopping floor to get experience to be in the industry." And I was like, "But I don't want to work on the floor yeah. because that's." Not right yes you get to see people and change them but it's not the same so then um i just i guess over time i was also starting to sort of see what was going on in my personal life is that i was starting to listen and still dull i was dulling down myself more and more and more yeah i became more lower within myself i wasn't listening uh, to these voices I think that kind of kept being known I think well, some some things that I was dealing with and putting up with and um, as you do I think as woman, you just sort of you um, fit in to society yeah. you know my society um, thing was like um, be pretty, be popular, do all of that because you might find a boy and if you find a boy you'll get married if you get married oh, yes. solve all your problems yeah. and if you have kids well now that's going to really fix all your problems You know, and and it just, I was miserable. And um and I had to really start, you know, I guess fighting back for me and actually putting me first for a little bit. And so parts of that meant I had to start delving into the parts of me, which was this fashion part of it, the transformation, the the listening. So I then had an online clothing store for a bit and I loved it because it provided something that I knew Kiwis meant getting at the time. It got too full on. My kids were little. I closed it down. And then we worked for someone else, and I was her buyer and uh, her stylist. And I discovered parts of me through her. You know, the job was interesting, but it was um, I'm thankful for what it taught me. And that's parts of it were how not to treat people, yeah. how not to see them as people who are just going to come and spend money just because you're selling it, yeah. because it's filling the bank account. I had to start educating and the education came around from I was like can I do this I don't know because at the same time I had these loud inner voices of kind of like you can stand up to yourself you can stand up for you know because um, I was always such a people pleaser I was like if you do that people are going to hate you oh no if you get dressed oh no they're going to jump it was just this constant thing all the time and I started Really, yeah, I, I just really started to see the power and what I was starting to understand about myself and how I could then help others. And so then basically what transpired from that, I remember sitting there one day, there were two things here. One was I thought to myself, God, if I start really showing the true me, will people hate me? Mm-hmm. Will they, um, because, um and also if I start showing me I've got bitch thoughts I've got horrible thoughts about things that I don't that I've never really talked about before they're things like do you know what you're not a very nice person and I'm not going to stand up for that because I'd always be someone that would be like um I oh, know that's okay yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I was a yes yeah. person and so then I thought to myself no I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm just going to go into this and see what happens. And so that was the beginning. just so about two and a half years ago. And then halfway through the year, I was on a girl's trip to Queenstown and I had two run-ins with complete and of strangers that completely changed my whole narrative. Oh, wow. They changed me. They just said things to me that made me go, oh, my God, I had not thought about that before. I had not questioned that about myself before. Or they just said things to me that they were saying about me that I had never heard in another perspective because these people didn't know me. They knew nothing about me. Yeah. And so when I'd heard it from other people, I was like, yeah, but you're just saying that. Whereas this was a different, it was bizarre. Anyway. So was I it just that they couldn't.
0: were confirming what maybe the voice in your head was telling you that you could be strong, independent, and be who you want? Yeah. Was that, the, yeah. Was that how other people saw you, but you just failed to see in yourself?
1: I think so. Yeah. I think so. And it was just, um, It was sort of like a wake up, dickhead. Yeah, it was like that, and I and so that from that, yeah, and then I came, sort of now two and a half years later, I've stopped and I've thought actually I can still be, um, I can be me. And if I'm not light, it's not because I'm not being light. It's because I'm being true to myself, which is making me feel stronger. By being stronger, I can be kind, but I can be, um, you know, a, a bit of a bitch. But I'm a kind bitch, and it's because I've got boundaries now. That's yep. the difference. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I'm. This is what I'm trying to teach, you know, everyone is that when we have our boundaries and we stick to them. it 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 stops that kind of like outer stuff getting into us all the time. And that's what I just had to start doing. I had to start looking after myself. But I can still be kind by doing that. And that's just by having boundaries. I'm being kind to other people by being kind to myself.
0: Lou, I guess some of the questions I've got from that is, you know, you're talking about this transformation and how you viewed yourself and then therefore how you changed how you you changed the narrative in your own head. What steps outside Mm. of those two incidences in Queenstown just earlier on what made you sort of go right I have to be strong in this moment what were there any self-help books any things that you listened to yep. any people that you that trusted uh to talk to what were your steps with that because I guess this yeah, is where people absolutely. get sort of stuck where do I do think. I yeah yep.
1: um my first place was myself um, I started to take time, I guess that's what the first part of COVID really also did for me as mm. well. But my first part was starting to listen to myself without the judgment. I would find moments of um, quietness and I would write and I would get those parts out of me that I knew needed to be um, explored, heard for the first time. Um, I would cry, I would let it out. I, you know, I was someone that had. Um, a lot of things about myself because I was just too afraid to speak up about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I what else did I do? I did a lot of um, you know, um, therapy. Mm-hmm. I found for me, I found I've had done therapy over the years, but I found a therapist. Uh, for the first time who actually heard me because I was only starting to hear myself and um, it stopped me thinking about the external people around me and actually what they would worry about or think about me because this just would go on and on. The stories in my head would take over. Yeah. I stopped being in my head. I think I just stopped thinking from my head and I started thinking from my gut and that's probably been my biggest thing. I think um, people don't see the power in actually breathing from the gut from what they do from breathing in the head. Yeah. I can I can quickly tell, you know, when people are in their minds because their, their voices are higher, their yeah. eyes are darting, you know, but when someone's coming from their truth and from their um, you know, around here and they're breathing from here, their voice is deeper, they connect. And you can sort of like you you are able to kind of connect with people when they're just within, um. And that that you know I've had to really question the people around me. I've had to you know think about the people who've only kept me there because I was because of my last name or you know because of my husband's business, that kind of thing. So there was a lot of really now you know i had to really delve so much more into things of if i'm going to put myself out there i can't do that unless i'm going to be 100% myself yeah um, yeah you know i started doing some training around um, therapy myself I I I um I did that because of my children. I kind of thought, well, they're going to be teenagers one day? I can do that for them, yeah. Um, and be someone who they can talk to and trust, and um, help them through something that's not going to make them feel like I'm a mum, but also to where I can be a mum who can be a, a guiding mum without the judgment. And um, and I think that's a very important thing, uh, because I you know I had two, I had two parents when I was fifteen who didn't really know how to. Uh, deal with I guess you know four kids let alone you know someone who was I was an extra, extra sensitive extra empathetic person mm. um and and you know um and, you know spiritual too so that was a very hard thing to kind of get my head around um whereas because I am that way inclined, I find it very easy to kind of connect with my kids in a way that um it allows me to sort of help them through some sticky times and it's also transpired in a way that I can help that with my clients as well
0: yeah completely So. Now, what is it about what we wear, Lou, that influences how we feel?
1: Well, I guess the first part of it is around you think about yourself as a child. Yeah. You know, when you're a child, you uh, you don't. Have any um, um inhibits that think things uh, inhibiting things that would cause you to stop thinking that you can't wear that? When you're a child, you just basically you know anything on and you feel good. Yeah. Unless you've got you know to a degree a, a parent that um you know I, mine was a strawberry dress. I had a dress that had strawberries all over it, and I can still remember the feeling of it. Yeah. It was like.
0: Epic. Amazing.
1: You know, but what happens as you get older, you know, as a teenager, you then start to sort of try and fit into your peers. Mm. Um, but there are parts of you that are desperately trying to be almost loud, you know, more unique as a teenager, but you are pulled back to try and fit in because, again, it comes down to that conditioning, the social conditioning. Um, if they're doing that, then I'd better do that. But, you know, I I really admire those those kids that are trying to get out on their own and do their own thing because that's really, really, really tough to do, Um, let alone you get the bullying and things like that. Mm. So... um, and then I guess what happens, this doesn't really change when you get into your um, 20s and 30s. What then happens is you get the packs around you. You then move into those stages where you are having children. And then there's the mum groups and then there's going up with your friends. And then sometimes you don't want to stand out. So you already think in your mind, okay, if I'm going to go out and I'm with them, are they, what are they going to be wearing? And it yep. stops you thinking about yourself but when you just um, – the, the feeling is a massive, massive part of how I work. You know, my, my questions I always ask my client is give me three words how you would describe your style right now. Give me three feeling words around that style. And they might be, like, comfortable, com- you know, boring, safe, you know. So yeah. I get words like that. But then I go and, I try and get them to think about that projection forward by visualizing themselves with no inhibition themselves walking down a street in the world with their dream kick-ass outfit on and this, the feelings and the style behind that, what does that feel like? And they'll, they'll quickly go somewhere and they'll remind themselves of a place that makes them feel incredible. And so when you base yourself from this feeling of kind of like no inhibition, this is how I want to feel because this is how deep down I feel with no judgment from anyone else, I want to reflect that out there in the world. Yeah. That tells me a lot. That, that helps me base myself in helping them work, work moving forward with their style. And so I give them a lot of tools and things like that to keep them on track. Because if you, um, that self-narrative, that I, what I talked about before, if you're w- waking up and you're already not feeling great, and then you go in and you're kind of getting, you know, um, looking for outfits, reflecting of how you're feeling, you're just going to throw and put on things that kind of reflect how you feel. Whereas if you um, wake up every day and you might be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to feel um, strong, f- flirty, and um, structure. Or well, you know, that to me is start with. So you yeah. start to, I think in my head, pair of jeans, a gorgeous bright blouse, and a blazer. Yeah. You know, or uh, so to me, because my brain works three dimensional. I can kind of, I can do this work easily myself. But I'm trying to teach others. That when you... The feeling great will reflect back into the wardrobe and why go out shopping and just spend hours and hours looking for this stuff which is just meh or, you know... It has, everything in your wardrobe has to make you feel incredible because when you feel incredible, you are light, your vibration is light, you can, you know, um, kick on with your day, you can spread the love to other people, you can, you know, the, our us as human beings, and this is what I'm learning myself every day, we're here to teach and share and, and um, do as much as we can to help others. We're not here to be takers. And so I, I love that feeling of if I can give, and I'm trying to give other people to give, the flow and effect is that, of that they might feel like being, feeling amazing and then they can share with others and give. Them, you know, it yeah. just, to me, it just seems after everything we've been through so much negativity and I'm just sort of really trying to shift this stuff through a wardrobe I know it sounds crazy no no
0: do you know it makes so much sense to me like I just as you're talking of course I'm reflecting on me and what I've what I wear, what I've worn it's in the I'm years, sorry, and scared. yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking that. So when I moved to Auckland in 2005, I decided that I was going to wear skirts because in Dunedin, as I grew up, I only ever, I mean, I wore skirts occasionally, but every time I wore a skirt, people would comment, and I felt self conscious. And and they're like, "Oh, Mickey, you've got a skirt on today," and I would then go, "I shouldn't be wearing a skirt. I don't wear a skirt." i 'm not you know yeah. i'm not pretty enough i'm not you know i 'm not girly enough yeah. i'm not all of that stuff when I moved to Auckland, I thought no one knows me up here. I can wear a skirt and I just started wearing skirts, which is you know, like that and, and I felt real um it was quite liberating for me actually, I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but it really was no
1: it's not ridiculous, and this is the crazy things this is what I deal with on a daily basis you know it's those it's those those um We we are born into this world with no conditioning whatsoever, Mm. you know. But when we hear something once, we're like, "That's not right," because I don't feel like that. But then you hear it twice, and you're like, "Ah, no, I still don't feel like that." But then maybe they're onto something. And then the third time you hear it, you're like, "Yeah, they're right." Yeah, you know. And you make up the stories to believe that stuff when it's not true. We know the stuff. We know ourselves. But, in yet over time, we allow other stories to become our own. Yeah. And this there's, there's so much of that, you know, the 80s does have a lot to answer for around styling, like navy and black together and, you know, don't wear silvers and golds together. And, you know, I spent half my time reconditioning a lot of shit that went on in the 80s. So navy
0: and black together is fine? Oh, shit, yeah. Okay, that's good. I always wondered that, actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you do it with things like, you know, different types of textures and fabrics like wool and leather.
0: and yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. the double denim, you know, like the whole idea of no double denim. Then it suddenly came in and then you had the different shades of denim. And then I remember you saying put a belt around it. And I'm like, oh, then I thought in my head, I don't wear belts. Funny, eh? Like, I don't do that. I'm not that person. But that's how, you know that is how we sort of, you know, how we see ourselves plays a massive part in how we dress and, and how we're projected. Like I've always been someone who I've always said, I'm, I've got a style, but I'm not very fashionable. You know, like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, ai don't follow fashion, but I have a particular style and my style's never been particularly dressy or girly. So I remember like when I go in, and have to do talks at conferences or things like that I've often wished that I could show up in a lovely dress and but wear it with like jeans or oh no sorry sneakers or something like that like to yeah. like to make it not quite so dressy because I can't quite do the high heels purely because bad for my feet and I wouldn't be able to walk properly but I've always yeah. shied away from that because it's almost it projects an authority which I don't feel I have, which is. Which then, Mickey. Probably the I would say the former, but when you word it like that, probably the latter. Mm. But also it's true though, right, that you have to feel comfortable in what you're wearing in order to feel oh, like-, like you've got that confidence. Like when I get super dressed up or feel awkward in what I'm wearing. I think I would project that
1: yes and and I guess the secret to that is um because you are very right um that does happen a lot I think sometimes we we think we have to look a certain way but if your power outfit makes you feel a certain way then then it's about wearing that but at the same time I always get say about practicing the leveling up, practice the leveling up in terms of what? how far can you go, how far can you push yourself and this is the kind of work that I do, it's about basically I'm re-teaching people's narratives around what their their levels and their heights are around the comfortableness of their what their extra would kind of feel like yeah you know and it does come down to lifestyle lifestyle is a huge thing and if you're someone who is you know you're a um, multi-sport person and you know I know that you um do spend a lot of time sort of in that realm you know and so um that's not I, – I couldn't imagine you in a big fro like trillie scooper. It's not like if I took you shopping, I will, I will kind of like intuitively pick up on your lifestyle and the shops of where to go and those kinds of things. So I wouldn't take you into some places. But at the same time, I will push you to your limit mm. where I know you can get to, you know, and I can, you know, to a degree, I would probably see you in like a really gorgeous sort of like full skirt and a kind of cool singlet um you know uh which would show off your beautiful shoulders and that kind of thing, and your hair back, and you know maybe a little bit of like a bangle on your bracelet, because to me that would be something that would bring out your femininity but your strength of your power within yourself, yeah, so.
0: yeah, oh. I get it. Lou, it's, and it's funny you say that, actually, because I have just started ordering myself some midi dresses, um, and I've got two, and now I just need a cool pair of sneakers to go with them, because I imagine yeah. that that would be quite cool, um, purely yes. based on what I've seen you like post on your Instagram, and I feel quite excited to wear them, and I can be brave enough when I'm locked down at home, basically, because I don't have to mm-hmm. wear them outside of my house. <gasps>
1: um but, you know, that's actually the key as well. I always, you know, if people kind of go, oh, I love the idea of wearing a dress, but I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable if I go out and I've you know, been judged at the school gate because they, they, people say that a lot. And I, I always say, okay, so your first step here is even in your weekends, you get up and you just put a dress on or get up in the morning, you put your dress on, you don't go to your easy go-to's get up you do your dishes in it you do your vacuuming in it you do all your shit jobs so by the time you walk out the door you're feeling comfortable not even thinking about what you're wearing yeah and that removes that sense of like the worry of the things that you've already pent up prior.
0: Yeah and because it actually does matter like these thoughts Mm. that take up real estate in our head prevent us from going Mm. out and being awesome at the things that we are awesome about and I talk to people about that all the time with regards to how food can make them feel and how what they eat and the 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 thoughts they tell themselves and how they judge themselves on what they eat and how you know the guilt that's associated with it it's the same thing these are such worthless thoughts that prevent us from really sort of moving into a space and really owning it oh and it.
1: being our best selves yeah is she that's a good point. I want to touch about that because that's something i've not talked about is so i was always around 35 kilos heavier than what i am now and um so that because i was a teenager who i you know food for me was a thing that i hid parts of me in yeah it was the easy relaxer it was the like you know my best friend and i we were like you know we were both sort of big girls no um, boys definitely ever looked at us and, but you know at the same time it was just sort of what we felt together we felt you know um and food for us was that thing you know it bound us basically and um I was um you know I, I I'm trying to think kind of probably the earthquakes for me were the biggest game changer wow but I also now I look back now so it's been a 10-year thing for me um, so after the earth, I lost um, a lot of weight after the earthquakes because I went through a lot of stress. We were red zoned and things like that. And mm. my old and my youngest at the time was only very much a newborn. He was still on my tummy when the very very first one hit, so um, he was due. Um, and I went into shock, um, quite bad, and um, so we we lost everything. Um, rebuilt our homes around the country and that kind of thing and I just started to I guess I started to feel quite different that I had this bit of less sort of weight on my body mm. and um, and I started to then eat well and then I started to exercise and then I noticed that the two were kind of starting to kind of like make me feel Better in my in my gut. I yeah. think the stronger I looked after my gut, the stronger my gut became. Yeah. and it, and now ten years on, like consist. People always sort of say, "How did you do that?" And I kind of go, "It was not an overnight thing. This yeah. has taken me ten years to help me understand my body." Um and um and it's consistency. You know, I do things five days, six days a week. I go for walks. I run. You know, I I never. Um, just do this to kind of like make it a short-term thing you know and I've done discovered things over time I've talked to you about it before with like you know the fasting things things like that over time you know I I do a lot of reading and research and things like that but what I've discovered is because I now eat very clean I do drink obviously sometimes but not very you know um, but I've noticed that the cleaner my gut is the cleaner my gut is yeah i'm able to listen to myself so much more i'm not in my head and i haven't got those things in my body that are causing me to think negative because i really do believe when you are putting your you know not the right things into your gut they they are um not working well with the mind and things like that And, and 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 we are humans, we, you know, you think about, I know this is very quite large, you know, but the moon, the moon's one of the largest magnets, how can it, like, you know, I always think how can it magnetise the the ocean, yeah. and how do we think that we aren't sort of somehow working along with the moon as well, we we just yeah. we're human beings, and we're very connected, and we're very, um. our guts are the things that kind of really keep us kind of going in our minds, uh, you know that I actually feel like our guts are our biggest brains, and, yeah. and that's to me, it's something that I really do. um The the power on that is the body, mind, spiritual, and emotional is the four parts to us that really are connected. And you now I always sort of, people always sort of say, how do you kind of work with your gut? And I always just say, you just break this. It's like a muscle. You know, yeah. you can stand in front of the supermarket aisle and fill of the herbal tea and ask, what does my body re- need right now? And you get out of your head and your gut will say it's either peppermint or chamomile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, those little wee practices the more that you do that the more you can stand in a changing room and know when someone tells you and a short a floor person and say oh that looks amazing on you but your gut is going Mm. mm -hmm.
0: Nah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, Lou, with that um, physical transformation. What I would say, though, before I ask you a question about that is 100% am with you on the fact that we are human and connected to our, obviously, but connected to our environment in a way that we forget. And it's because Mm -hmm. we're in, you know, we've constructed modern society and and the rest of it that we are actually part of nature. And so it makes sense that we are pulled and sort of governed a lot by the things in nature even if we don't recognize it and in fact sort of finding your way back to that can be quite grounding for Mm. most people who need it and obviously not everyone feels it but if you feel that unsettled um anxious um not sure sort of feelings which a lot of people are feeling right now just with regards to what's going Mm. on in in the world then kind of connecting back to that can be can be so helpful um, yeah Lou, Lou, with your physical transformation did that freak a lot of people out around you and yeah 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 and I think this is the thing right that's like that's it and like so it's same thing when we wear something different and people judge us so we get afraid of it a lot of people I work with when they lose weight they lose weight to a point and then they actually start being scared of losing more from this idea that they're not quite sure how people are going to perceive them and they haven't quite yep. voiced that yet but i've seen it enough to sort of know intuitively that a lot of that can be going on
1: mm-hmm. very much so not only do i see that with clients i've clients like my client they lost 75 kilos um, amazing yeah um, but yeah i've had a client don't lose 35 um herself uh, she's actually one of my ig tv stories uh Bernice. you know and that's something that we talked about a lot um and this is something you know again it's another story I can connect with people about is because I've been there and the judgment is huge I've you know because I'm someone who's on you know this this crazy social platform which I've only been really doing for two years you know it's um the, the judgment behind that people don't actually know my backstory yeah um, but I've also had friends um judge me I had I, I, I mean I hear gossip. Uh, often and particularly what I'm going through in my personal life with my you know separation and that kind of thing as well. I just I just I, um some days it gets tough. Yeah. Some days it's hard, but um you know um I just sit there and kind of go wow. And these are people I even know, you know. Uh, I hear things you know about my weight or whatever. And I just kind of go man, you must be really miserable if you've got a comment about my shit because I'm doing quite fine, thank you. I'm yeah. fit. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I look after myself, you know. Um.
0: Dare I say, is I'm that a... regional New Zealand? For, I mean, Christchurch isn't quite regional, yeah. but I don't know. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just life, isn't it? And unfortunately, things like that—the smaller place you sort of come from, the more those sort of things get back to yep. you, eh?
1: Yeah, it's it's sad, mm. you know. All I'm trying to do is help.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know
1: that's the crazy thing. All I want to do is just help, you know. And 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 I think some people when they're sort of in that. In a the dialogue themselves of not feeling worthy of their own self, but you know the first thing to do is to comment about another, and, and this is the thing that I really pride myself on. I you know I only really surround myself with people who um, are you know non unconditional, and um, you know because when you get together with them, you don't actually sit around and talk about other people. Yeah. And that's so freeing and you get to walk away from conversations and be like, Wow, my cup's full. Yeah. And I even helped them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Lou, you talked on social media this week actually about um what happened to you in a cafe with a couple of um, sort of middle-aged women. women. Yeah, do you want to – isn't it funny how I'm like middle-aged woman? Um We are both actually
1: <laughs> middle-aged ourselves almost. Uh, well, I think they're middle-aged. They were older. Yeah. I would sort of say they were in their mid-50s, I reckon. Do you want to talk um, Talk to me a bit about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. So I had on a um, a shirt dress. It was a really beautiful sunny day, um, and I just walked down to our cafe that is near me, and um, and I walked in, got a coffee, and I could feel. Because am this happens a lot. I'll feel people looking and yeah. so you know when you just you, know, you just know when someone's looking and I just turn around and I look straight at what was going on and they were like fully it was the full you know like scan and then it was the look and it was like then they turned in with me and just like started going oh wow. like didn't put their hands up but they were like oh and there was a moment of kind of like okay have I got maybe I've missed the tan on the back of my legs or I thought oh do they maybe know. Maybe they've maybe seen me on something or maybe they maybe they know Bryden's family or something and they've seen me walk in or they know about their separation or whatever. Um and 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 I started, so I turned around and I swiped my coffee and I sat there and waited and looked for it and they looked again and they were still going for it. They were they were not shy yeah. at all. And I they could see obviously I was looking at them and I'm not someone who Is an angry person. I just, other than if I'm very pushed, you know, and that's the thing I've discovered about my boundary. If you cross my boundary, that's it, you're gone. Yeah. And it's got and you know, that takes a lot to get over my boundary. Um, but there have been quite a few people lately. I have to say, who's gotten over that boundary and I'm <laughs> not coming back from it? Um, anyway, and so yeah, I could feel the seething in me, and I looked at them, and I thought, right, Lou, you could smile, or you could just sort of like go, you right, ladies. Um, and so I, yeah, I had my mask on, and I um, pulled it down, and I went. Like that, and I just smiled at them, and I thought, you know what, well, I'm going to acknowledge that I've seen you do this. That is not okay. And this is the thing: it's kind of like, what were they actually? It's their story is their story. I can't go up and go, what are you saying? It's mean, not true because I just couldn't be fucked. Basically, at the end of the day, yeah. and, and and likely wouldn't have been true because. You know, I kind of know my story. I'm yeah, not anyone yeah. who's coming. I'm not going out there doing crazy shit. So, yeah. other than you know my work and my kids and stuff at the moment, and um, yeah, and I just sort of like grabbed my coffee, walked out, and I, and there were, there was a moment where I just absolutely plummeted, and I thought that's, you know, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. I'm surrounded by people that just they just judge, and you know, I always say, women walk into a room. And it's the woman that judge. A woman yeah. just for woman. Yeah you know we, we already get dressed because we worry about what a woman would say We don't, if we were dressing yeah. for men we'd be wearing tight little red dresses and things like that yeah. but when a woman walks into a room and we feel great in what we wear we, have a, we hold a certain energy yeah. we feel great about ourselves all those kinds of things and so the women are already picking up on that but they see the outfit of like damn she looks real good and I hate that she looks good and I want to feel good but I don't know how to make myself feel that good so I'm going to you know Either it's sometimes seen as a compliment by going, yeah. "Gosh, she looks amazing," or whatever, and I and I really get that because they are actually picking up on the energy, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and they want a part of their energy themselves. But the thing is, is about I think what I'm helping people discover is making them stop and go within yeah. and go, what's going on here? Yeah. Is this about yeah. me? Or should I actually just sort of say, Do you know what, you look amazing because when you tell another that they look amazing, it does something within you. It's like it's like the pay it forward or, you know, giving service or paying for someone's coffee. It has that yeah. same feeling. It feels great to give. Yeah. Um, because you get back what you put out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm hugely into that. I'm sick to death of just um women have been pinned against each other. I feel for a very long time, you know. I kind of felt as a teenager, I was, you know, pinned against the pretty ones, the popular. Ones, even though I wasn't, not that I wasn't popular or anything like that, but I was the funny girl, I was mm. the funny chubby one, you know. So that was kind of my fit into the narrative of the social, social society thing, you know. And um, it just, you know, I felt like I was constantly striving to be like these other girls because at the end of the day, what was I striving for? A male, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I know that's crazy, but this is what's now happened after so long, and you know it's this judgment, it's this constant judgment, judgment, judgment. And I've seen, you know I've lost friends, um, and you know with their marriage separation, that kind of thing, because they're just too afraid to even sort of, you know, like even sometimes stand up for themselves because they don't know how to. And yeah I know that sounds really long and convoluted, but you know, going back to the wardrobe just by starting with something small, like knowing how you want to feel and dressing for stronger and having more defining things you want to choose and wear, it makes you feel parts of yourself that you've never discovered before because you feel great and you feel happy and you can do more. You can be more when you just acknowledge these parts of you that are allowed.
0: Yeah, totally. And actually it's, um, and even that whole productivity thing as well. Like if I put on a pair of track pants, I immediately want to sloth around for the entire day. In fact, I don't I don't mm-hmm. let myself wear track pants because of that because I know really impacts on my productivity. Exactly. I have to wear shoes in the house because otherwise I still I feel sloppy. I'd never wear ug boots outside of the house because I just think yep. that looks horrible, but also they sort of I associate them with relaxing and just, you know, not really sort of going about your day. Am I wrong for yep. judging people for going out walking in their pajamas? yes okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's good to know know, that's good to
1: know uh, i i interested. i did a talk with kate hooks a while back about um activewear and activewear is a thing that you know it's become a lazy fashion yeah and you know this is something i'm really trying to get people to understand their their, their easy go-to is to kind of just be in this activewear because it looks cool and i get all that but i also deal with people who are they want you know they want to wear they don't want to wear sexy tight clothes or not sexy clothing but sort of firm fitting clothing but they'll hang out in their active We can see everything. Yeah, And I'm like, but that's so backwards. I want you guys to feel amazing in how you feel in this, but do this in this clothing because, you know, you can't go through life living in active You yeah. have to start We're showing sure. because you're, you're asking me to come along and help you. Well, your first step is Get out of this, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, I hear you, Lou. What are some of the common mistakes that you see if there are themes that you see when you go into a wardrobe? What are the mistakes that
1: everyone makes? Um, uh, holding on to things for no reason, Um, and that is to do with they will just generally what's happened is they've gone through some evolutions, they haven't recognized the evolutions. We go through evolution as a teenager, late teenager, early 20s, mid 20s late 20s getting to 30, mid-30s, 40, 40, you know, so it's this constant little thing. And if we don't take stock and see where we are, um, you end up just, you're buying, you're buying more on that, you're buying more on that, you're buying more on that. And Mm. so you're not stopping and actually seeing where you are, how you want to be reflected into the world, what jobs you're now doing, what you're not doing. You know, people just keep on holding on. excuse me, onto the stuff they don't also know that they are being drawn in by marketing. So they'll yeah. be drawn by the same stores, whether they're time poor, whether they're just going – they've had a good time in this store over here, but they'll keep going back to it. But those stores have their own thumbprints, and so they'll keep putting the same thumbprint. They've then pigeonholed themselves. Yes. You know, so what's going on? You've got all these little layers of things where they haven't actually stopped and kind of gone, actually, who am I? Oh, I'm a walking country road. Yeah. You know, so – um. And so in with that there's those feelings like I'm not worthy, I can't wear that color, I can't. You know, it takes a lot to, for people to understand their style and who they are. But the first part of it is understanding who they are. Yeah. And if you know, a lot of like, what I see is a lot of um, like safe buying, safe t-shirts, safe this. But I think about the amount of hours they've spent doing that, the amount of money mm. they've spent. Honestly, the amount of money. Going into wardrobes is phenomenal. Mm. But what I'm trying to teach people is that you could probably spend, you know, um, that same amount but get sort of better pieces. But you have to keep evolving the wardrobe because you're evolving. We yeah. don't stay stagnant as humans. We are constantly evolving and changing and moving. You know, we're energy. And if you don't keep and stop reflecting that and get out what's going on and um, removing those pieces of you that are like, um, they're not they're not actually giving you any substance. they're not actually you know half the shit i throw actually everything i throw out of my clients they're not wearing anyway yeah it's just a thing of wardrobe
0: mate so i i've got of- about like five of the same black jumpers well, there you go. in my wardrobe and i don't think i've worn a black jumper in like two years We'll get rid of them. Yeah, I know. But you're right, right? We we stay in our safe sort of style that we think, okay, that's going to work for me. And then yep. you end up going into another store and go, oh, that looks nice. It's because it's yep. the same one that you've got in your – like my husband points it out to me. He's like, yeah, but you've already got three of them. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I might just leave that there. even though know, I quite like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And there are things that I teach my clients around, you know, moving forward. When you go into a store, you have to stop. You need to ask yourself these questions. Check in with yourself. Have I got something like this? Can I wear this five ways? Do I really fucking love this? Yeah. Can I wear this hair overnight and think about it? You know, so there are things to kind of like get you back in control. If you're not in control of who you are, you're going to lose control in the wardrobe and just start spending willy-nilly. And, um, but, you know, women in particular, they will just go and spend money um, to make themselves feel better. Yeah. It's very quick self gratification
0: absolutely it's that uh and mm-hmm. it's it's that difference between happiness and pleasure, like it gives you the instant pleasure ultimately though, doesn't necessarily make you happy. There are things, however, mm-hmm. in my wardrobe that I've had for years that bring me joy, and I will always go back go. And, and wear them, and you know you feel really good, but there are other yeah. things that you buy that you're like, I'm not quite sure why I bought them, and I sort of feel a bit guilty, not guilt such a horrible yeah. you know for spending that money yeah. and probably didn't really need it, and it makes me feel awkward, yeah. Yeah. Lou, what fashion rules can we break? Or, you know, like what are the things which we, like, we, like I mentioned navy and black before. Like, yeah. you know, like there would yeah. be a time that we'd never do that. Like, are there any sort of quite um, defined rules that actually they don't count?
1: Yeah, I would probably say the, the biggest myth, I think, is that we're defined by four fruit shapes. Um, you're an apple European. you're this you know yes to a degree you are but you think about there's seven billion in the world and uh it's half of us a woman and yet we're only meant to be defined by four shapes that's really screwed up to me so what that teaches me is that when you're in control of your silhouette your silhouette is your key and there is so much information out there around how to dress for you know because if you're a size six or whether you're a size 16 if you're still defined by that body shape how does that seem how does those two different people dress for that so it's about learning the control of your silhouette and once you nail the control of the silhouette it's amazing Um, the other thing is if you're a certain size you can't wear this or can't wear that that's bollocks um, that's something that I'm undoing every single day Um, colour theory Yes, it's true. There is parts of it absolutely which are true. But what happens is people can only think they can wear five or six colours. And it's wrong, you know, it's about that going out and actually trying and seeing our instinctive colours are the ones that we can feel in here. Yeah. Um and I can pick them up with people intuitively anyway, what thing, what thing what things look great on people. And but they know this themselves and Oh god, yeah. Oh no, there's so many. There are so many, Mickey. I don't even know really kind of where to begin. um I had
0: my colors done back when I was like twenty something. What what colors do you reckon I am?
1: Well, I would sort of because I don't really sort of like go with like shades of what um you know yeah. times of the year. I would say things like you'd look amazing in burgundies, navies, kind of more your earthy tones. Oh nice. Um, but you're yeah. But some I would definitely put some like yellows and things on you as well. Yeah, Greens
0: yeah. Definitely. I'm a I'm a What's summer. You know you oh my eyes oh. sort of blue. Blue and blue, yeah. I
1: think. Yeah. I say yeah. I
0: think you know, sometimes they change.
1: Mm. Yeah. I'd say um your cooler blues differently, like, yeah. like you know, like beautiful um like colours on my nails. Yeah, you I know. See I'm it.
0: seeing your nails going, Oh, nice mm-hmm. nails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lou, so if for anyone listening who is actually interested in doing what you do because they feel themselves they've got that sort of innate intuition when it comes to clothes because there are people that do and you see them but also they want to sort of turn it into a career how do they what's their path I mean is there a path
1: well interesting thing is I remember when I um thought about going back into this work because this is something I always did in my background but I was never I just never thought I was worthy of doing anything with it and I got to the point where I was working for this other person and I was like do you know what I've got to do this I've got to look into how I can actually you know make this really viable because I want to help as many as I possibly can I looked into doing some styling work and uh, in a course and it was like i don't know, like four thousand dollars or something like that and I thought to myself but I know this stuff yeah and if I'm going to spend that money I'm learning about their ideals. And then I'm going to be putting their ideals onto other people, and it's yeah. like, but I know my ideals. I know what this is all about, and this isn't about me putting my ideals onto people. This is about me bringing forward their best ones,
0: yeah, yeah, and helping
1: guide them. There's a massive difference. Yeah. Um. So I spend a lot of my time educating. So yeah, I I'm self-taught. You know, um, and I think with background of my forestry and things like that, it helps because my brain works um, very creatively. I'm very split down the middle. If, if, I don't know if you've seen the Queen's Gambit, but that's how my brain yes. works. So we're work very, very, very three dimensional. I can image a, someone in, in my mind, and I can see them wearing clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very easy for me. So that's you know that has helped a lot in terms of like um, colour and you know um, it, it, it's and I think you know being you know I'm not shy of now being on the camera. I used to be very shy, but um, not definitely not anymore. I used to be. My family would say, "Oh, you're such a liar." I used to be so the drama queen. And, <laughs> You know, get out and do the, um, the the plays for everyone when we had visitors over. And I so did, but I felt comfortable to do it there, but I didn't feel that, you know, as an adult because I lost myself. But now I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie who I am. I'm not shy. Um, yeah. I, there's definitely still parts of me that are shy. And, and, uh, but, yeah, I... <laughs> That's kind of kind of where I am now, and, and the amazing thing is, so for the last two years, I've been writing some style modules about how I can help guide people through this work because not everyone can have a stylist or afford to have a stylist. And um, but you know, the thing is, I won't be there to help them buy those kinds of pieces that I can see work for them, but they can figure this stuff out for themselves by these modules that I've written. So there's five parts to this module. And it's a step by step process, but it's a lot of self writing, yeah. a lot of going within, and a lot of understanding why they've got to where they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you can't do this work unless you know where you are and how you've got there. Yeah, and then how you can unpeel all that stuff to then move forward on your own, and then learning the right tools and all those kinds of things and then there'll be a lot of guiders like um, me being with them live sort of talking through these models with them and group sessions and things like that because um, it's the first time you know a stylist has only ever been there to help another stylist be a stylist this yeah. is the first time a stylist has actually been teaching the greater good the bigger wide group of actually how to take control of themselves
0: yeah and so when is this available Lou?
1: Well, fingers crossed, uh, I was meant to have the launch next Friday, but it's um, just with COVID, it's sort of set things back again and things like that, and I haven't been very well lately, I've mm. been through some heavy stuff, um, uh I think I'll sort of talk to you a little bit about it, but yeah, my um been through a bit of, um, yeah, I hope it's probably something I've learned about myself, and trying to teach everyone else to be feeling great, but I uh, have been... Uh, Plummeted a while back Just with stuff going on In my personal life And um, so I just had to Look after myself a little bit Mm. And um, So yeah Now I'm sort of Feeling a lot better I can sort of get back Into sort of Putting my energy Back into this But it'll be launched online So I was going to do A big um, party But I just I don't have the energy or the time to do that. And I want to be able to launch it so that everyone can kind of share and find out what they're about and things like that. So fingers crossed, 31st of October, this Sunday night, um, and I'll be launching them online. Oh,
0: fantastic. The way that you talk about clothes and about people and finding themselves, is exactly the same as how I talk to people with their nutrition and how people sort of find themselves through exercise and and things like that as well. And sometimes it can take an anchor – behavior or change that then propels people forward to make other changes in their life you know
1: one thousand percent yeah
0: yeah and clothes are such a massive part of that Lou um just just to finish up briefly for the people who can afford and do want to invest in a stylist Mm. because they see that that's um you know something that would be super helpful what is the process with you and you know how does that look for people
1: yeah, so there's different steps that I offer to um, prospective clients, you know, um, I know, you know, I, I remember thinking when I kind of got into this, it's like, how, how, why would people want to fucking pay for this, it's crazy, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I don't do this for the money, yeah. I do this because now I see so many clients come back to me and they're like, oh, my God, this has changed my life. I know now where I was going wrong, how I can move forward. You know, I get clients all the time messaging me or sending me photos going, look, is that even like three two three years on amazing like, hey, look at me. it's 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 life-changing and so the first process people just get in touch generally through email and then i'll um they'll often through facebook or instagram things like that but i'll sort of head them towards my um, emails and i like to converse with them to sort of see i want to know why they're getting in touch because otherwise there's no point um, this is not about the clothing yeah and so then i just send them back my sort of pricing and there's different steps it's like just getting in and doing the wardrobe and the edit and sort of like them writing a list and they can do that on their own if they want to go through the list um, and i can help kind of guide them where to go what to do but then there's also um uh, then there's the shopping element of it too where i can take them out and we go shopping together and i you know but it's actually more about the trying on the yeah. trying on as it's most the part of it because i will see things they never would have sort of thought about like you said I had a client size 16 to 18, and I didn't think she could ever fit or wear some of the things I was putting her into. She's like, Oh my god, I have no idea I'd even feel you know I could do this. Yeah, amazing, um, that was amazing. Um, and even my client the other day, he lost 75 kilos. Honestly, it was like, Oh my god, it was amazing. She's been sending me pictures every day oh. and little wears, which is um. And then there's a package where I do those first two together, but then I also go back into the wardrobe and I put everything back in together and make lots of outfits up for them. Take lots of photos and sort of set them up so that they've got these tools to go back to all the time and think about how they can kind of like really move forward. Um, and then there's online And then there's online Which I do quite often with my clients And um, it's just as effective um, I, You know, it's amazing And um, I think about my, um, the clients That have even helped online Is, you know, I can I can still read their energy Through the computer So yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool mm.
0: That sounds amazing, Lou And it's certainly inspiring And I just, as you're sitting here talking I'm, I am literally thinking about What changes I can make even now Based on, well, to be fair, like you're so generous with your information online anyway. So if anyone is interested in this space, even just following you on Instagram, they're gonna pick up a bunch of tips that can really get them started. But I feel mm-hmm. like you've really sort of got the gamut in terms of how to make this accessible information for people, because it is all about. Yeah bringing your best self forward, right? And sort of owning your own space and whether you do it through clothes, nutrition, exercise, mindset, it's all related.
1: Yeah, they're all related. And if you can do everything all at once, even better. Totally.
0: Lou, thanks so much for your time. Amazing.
1: Where can we find you? uh so i am at um either on my instagram which is at lou Heller stylist um or through my um website you can find my contact page there and that's dot stylist.com that's awesome well we will
0: put um that information in the show notes plus hopefully the link to your modules as well for the
1: your new package um have a great day lou yeah you too mickey thank you so much i really i love following you too by the way i I'm, you're the same as me i give out the information um and that's a really important thing that we can do. This is not, like, what we do is actually not about the money. This is about helping, you know, how, how, and who more can I help? You know, what, my goal is to be in Sweden and someone's phone and then watching me
0: and, you know. 100%. 100%. Yeah. team hope you really enjoyed that and Lou really opened up and shared a lot about herself and I truly appreciated that and she is just awesome definitely check her out at louhellerstylist.com and particularly that style journal if you are interested in exploring some of Lou's services next week on the show I bring back Dr. Phil Maffetone and we have a really good discussion of his sort of foundational activity and diet principles which I really enjoyed having a chat to him about and you might remember he was on one of the I believe the second episode of Wikipedia him and Paul Lawson talking about metabolic health and COVID-19 so we touched a little bit on that as well until then though you can catch me over on Facebook at Mickey Willardin Nutrition on Instagram and Twitter at Mickey Willardin or over on my website, mickeywillardin.com where you can sign up to a number of meal plans for athletes, fat loss, just a good real food nutrition plan, a keto longevity plan or book a one-on-one consult with me. All right team, until next week, enjoy your week and uh, see you soon. Bye-bye.